Welcome to the Parlay Podcast, a thought-provoking and entertaining podcast that breaks down the pathology of speech, language, and other processes that affect the way we communicate on a daily basis. Professor of Speech and Language Pathology, Chantal Mayer-Crittenden, hosts a bevy of guests who help her explore and explain the diverse landscape of speech, language, and their relationship with the brain. Hi, everyone. This is Chantal Mayer Crittenden, the host of the Parley Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 4. Yesterday, I recorded in French uh, a similar episode for about 15 minutes, highlighting the recent events at Laurentian University in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada, my employer, which I feel is too important not to share on this platform, as it has some direct a direct impact on uh, communication, which, as you know, is the theme of this podcast. Let me give you a brief overview. So on February 1st, 2021, Laurentian University commenced a proceeding under what's called the Companies Creditors Arrangement Act, CCAA, which was really a first in the Canadian history of post-secondary education. We were told that the university had three months to get the house in order. And really, over the past two and a half months, all decisions were made in camera, and we really didn't know too much about what was happening. It was on April 12th, 2021, which is just a few days ago, that the fate of Laurentian University was publicly announced. For those of you who aren't familiar with Laurentian University, it is a bilingual university with a tricultural mandate and we are in northern Ontario, Canada and really it is known as the University for the North. So on April 12th it was announced that 69 programs were eliminated, 110 professors were terminated, six senior administrators were also terminated as as well as dozens of administrative staff. This came as a huge surprise to all of us. We knew that there was restructuring going on. I mean, the CCAA allows for the university to financially and operationally restructure while continuing to offer its courses for the remainder of the semester. But we had no idea it was going to be such a massive slaughter affecting so many people. I really thought it was important to translate this episode in English because as a minority community we don't have the voice that you our majority language speaker counterparts have and just like you know over a hundred years ago women had to count on men to help them gain the right to vote I mean women weren't sitting around the table to make those decisions and so again uh, this is kind of a similar scenario here where we really need the support from all members of the community These numerous cutbacks will have huge implications on the community as a whole, but more specifically, I'm talking today about the impact these cuts will have on the Francophone community. As you know, Canada has two official languages, French and English, but French is a minority language and there are laws in place that ensure the vitality of the language. We need to have French education at the elementary and secondary level, but also at the post-secondary level. 
Laurentian University did its part over the years. I mean, it is stated on the Laurentian website that it is the first bilingual university officially recognized under the French Language Services Act, which essentially uh, helps preserve its unique linguistic duality in the Franco-Ontarian minority context. And it even has a bilingualism policy uh, and it allows the university community to indicate any insufficiency or deficiency pertaining to the rules which apply to the university's institutional bilingualism. This makes it very difficult to understand, to comprehend, to accept the cutbacks that took place on April 12, 2021. Over 40% of French programs were cut a few days ago including the Département d'études françaises, which is the French Studies Department. And that is kind of the main uh, topic of this episode, because a bilingual university without a French Studies Department, to me, seems like a nonsense. In fact, it is thanks to the Département d'études françaises that my own department, the School of Speech and Language Pathology, exists today, thanks to Dr. Ali Hagigi, who truly believed in bringing speech and language pathology to the North. Uh, I mean, our program has existed now since 2007, so, um, you know, just shy of 15 years. And this department, Études françaises, is now no longer existent. I see this again as a huge problem. Um, in fact, on April 14th, so just yesterday, an emergency meeting was called at the House of Commons and many deputies said over and over that the French language is endangered in Canada. And that in order to ensure its survival, we need to have post-secondary institutions in place who offer French language programs as well as an entire department that offers French studies. The difference is that the Département d'études françaises does not only offer programming in French, but it offers programming about the French language. Language are complex and they all have their own phonology, the sounds of the language, morphology, so that is the grammatical rules, the little ends and beginnings of words that you add that change the meaning, a syntax, the order in which words must be presented in, in a sentence, and its use. We don't use the language the same way when we're among friends and when we are with a future employer than when we are on a baseball field. In any linguistic minority context, it is in fact up to the majority language speakers to ensure that the minority language survives. And this is not just the case in Canada. We have situations in New Zealand, for example, where the Maori language is a minority language. In Spain, the Basque language is a minority language. In Ireland, Irish is a minority language. And so many countries have minority languages that they really need to ensure um, strategies that will keep that minority language at the forefront. To give a better or to paint a better picture about what it's like to speak a minority language, I have here a brief recording of a youth who is in grade 11, and he comes from a Francophone home. Both parents speak French and has attended French school since the very beginning, since junior kindergarten. Again, he's in grade 11, and he talks about 
his own language dominant shift towards the English language simply due to the fact that he is living in an English dominant community. Let's take a listen. Hi there. Can you tell me what grade you're in? I'm in grade 11. In grade 11. So in grade 11, do you find that you're, when you talk to your friends, it happens mostly in English or in French or a little bit of both? Definitely mostly in English. Mostly in English. Why do you think that is? It's just, it's come to a point where it's more natural now to speak English, even in a French school. Why, why do you think that is? Because we've gotten so used to it. It's like... It's almost like it feels awkward to speak French. Like, I have some friends that are more French than English, and them, I usually talk to them in French. Mm-hmm. But everyone else, like, everyone just speaks in English. Okay, and if I had to ask you what you feel the most comfortable speaking, if you had the choice? I'd have to say it's English. It's English. You feel more comfortable in English? With my friends, yeah, for sure. With your friends. What about with your family? With my family, it's French. Okay. Um, Do you find that it varies depending on the context? Like, when you're at school, is it the same at lunch as in, in class, or...? Yeah, it's just English everywhere. Even in class? Yeah. Yeah, and what happens when they speak English in class with their teacher? Well, like I speak to my teachers in French, except for like my English teacher. Mm-hmm. But if they speak English to a teacher, they usually get told to speak French. Oh, they do? Okay. Um, do you find that it varies depending on um, whether your friends speak French at home or, or not? Not really. Some, no, it's mostly just, even if the... The people like that I'm with speak French at home. I still speak to them in English because everyone just speaks in English. Mm-hmm. That's un- and, and you don't know why that is? It's just, it's just everyone's used to speaking English. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, this is the case for many students, and for many, it happens much sooner than grade 11. Some will talk about having a preference for English as of grade five, grade six, or or even sooner, depending on what their family context is like. Now, why are we seeing this? Why is it so difficult for children to learn French in a French school in a, a French minority context? Well, we know that there are more and more bilingual homes out there. Um, according to a study by Godet and Clément in 2009, um, we know that when two parents speak French, they will transmit the French language roughly 95% of the time. But when only one parent speaks French, that percentage goes down to 42%. And so with an increase in bilingual couples and bilingual households, we're really seeing an increase in the number of children who no longer meet the criteria to be enrolled in French schools. And so what French schools have had to do then, according to law, is establish committees that will then evaluate each child to determine if they qualify according to certain guidelines and conditions to be enrolled in a French school. In fact, we know that in northeastern Ontario, roughly 68% of children enrolled in junior kindergarten in 2020 were uh, had English as a first language. And so 
it's becoming very difficult to ensure the vitality of the French language. And again, I'm, I'm going back to the fact that it is important to have post-secondary institutions in place in order to better educate future teachers, to better, better educate students who are interested in pursuing their studies in French. Uh, there's another statistics here. According to the Education Quality and Accountability Office, EQAO, about 46% of grade 10 students in Ontario have a language other than French as their maternal and dominant language. Post-secondary institutions have an important role with regards to helping youth rediscover the French language. I recently interviewed the two hosts from the Les Francos Oubliés, the Forgotten Francophones uh, podcast. And uh, so um, their names are Aditya Visverschveren and Janine Moyen. And they were talking about how when they were in high school, they didn't think that French was cool. They were just barely surviving. They both said that, you know, high school isn't fun when you're just trying to make it. And that it was after high school that they really wanted to ensure that they perfected their, their French language and made it their own. And so... Uh, post-secondary institution has that role. It has to be there for those students who want to enroll. And if the French studies department, Département des Études Françaises, had a low enrollment, then, to, in my personal opinion, the solution is not to abolish the program, but to find strategies to increase enrollment, to reach out to youth, to you know, develop strategies to recruit and retain these students. Linguistic insecurity is real. It is when a person feels as though their competencies in a certain language aren't good enough to pursue his or her studies in, in French uh, for a certain context, for perhaps a certain employer. And this can be seen in many different languages. But it has been shown that many high school students from French schools choose to enroll in English programs. So for example, if we have psychology in French, psychology in English, some of these students will choose to enroll in psychology in English because they feel as though their French just isn't good enough. And then that brings along a lot of other issues because they've never been formally taught in English. And so then they might struggle to catch up with all of the more advanced academic terminology in English. So all this to say that the cuts that were made to Laurentian University's French programs will have a direct impact on the Francophone community. I made the analogy of the pool and the lifeguard in a previous social media post. I'm kind of seeing this as, you know, the Département des Français, the French Studies Department, is your lifeguard. Anybody can go to the pool. Anybody can go swimming. But if you want to get better, if you want to perfect your skills, you're going to need that lifeguard there to support you to teach you the proper techniques if you don't know how to swim at all then that's why we have french as a second language program and you need the faculty there to teach that program and for those who already know the language those who are francophone and want to improve their skills well again you need that lifeguard there to help you advance your skills and so we've just cut a very important program by we i mean the institution has just cut a very important program with the thought of just throwing buoys out there as a way of saving the language. That is a band-aid solution. We need to have post-secondary institutions that offer programs in French 
and about the French language, which is exactly what the Département d'études françaises was there to do. I could talk about this for hours and hours. It is part of the work that I do with school boards, with daycares to try and find strategies to help children develop their French language skills. But I just wanted to give you a synopsis of the situation. Please share widely. It is important, like I said, um, you are our partner. My Anglophone and Francophile friends and colleagues, we need you. You have a stronger voice than we, the minority. Um, please sign the petitions that are circulating to try to get support for Laurentian University. If there are any developments, I will be sure to tell you about them. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing.